Welcome to The Dog Show, a podcast for dog mums and dads who like to spoil their pups and care for their well-being. I'm your host, Will Blunt, and every week I interview global experts about dog health, nutrition, behaviour, trends, and much more. Let's sink our teeth into this week's episode. This episode of The Dog Show features Bethany Wilson. Bethany is the founder and head trainer of Rough Beginnings Rehab, a full-service dog training facility based in Los Angeles, California. Rough Beginnings provides owners with guidance, homework, schedules, and aftercare, as well as an expansive range of online training videos. In the interview, we talk about how to teach a dog to fetch and return. Bethany, welcome back to the dog show today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yes. So um, we just finished a conversation, which we'll be publishing a separate episode about leash pulling. You've been on the dog show before talking about anxiety, but today we're talking about fetch. And I'm sure it's a topic that a lot of uh, the listeners are interested to know if they've got a young dog that they're trying to teach how to fetch. So I guess to start it off, can you teach any dog to fetch? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. I don't know. I I mean, I like to think that with enough dedication and time and practice, yes. But we have a lot of people who rescue five-year-old dogs now, you know, and we have a lot of people who rescue older dogs. And I've come across a few that are never going to fetch, you know, just to be most likely, I'm going to assume that they're never going to fetch. So I didn't mean to start out (laughs) negative, but just with a dose of reality, you were probably expecting sure, but no, (laughs) um, probably not. But there are lots of things that I can give you guys some tips on if you're struggling with fetch at home to, to be able to do that. Cool. But I guess, so what you're saying is it's more about the dog's background or history rather than the breed of dog that would prevent them being taught how to fetch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I got a few examples for you that I was already thinking of, of some really difficult dogs that it was, um, hard to teach fetch and some ideas that I got from that. But then my oldest dog, happy, uh, she's 14. She turned 14 this year. She came out of the womb playing fetch. I mean, I got her when she was about, I think she was 12 weeks old and she immediately picked up a toy and brought it to me and, and let it go. And she was like, throw it, throw it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd never seen a dog like really no fetch right away. Threw it, brought it back like a golden retriever. Okay. <laughs> um, and she's at Maltese mix, you know? And I mean, when she got a little older, I had to teach her to, to drop it because she started tugging and not wanting to let it go, which I think happens to most dogs. But it's so genetic. It's really some dogs just genetically, they just got it. And then other dogs don't. Yeah, I guess there must be some instinct there. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, you know, I think I, I had a similar experience with our dog that, you know, from a very young age, they will at least run after something that you throw for them, whether or not they bring that back or whether they want to play or what are all those different things that. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think in the, the last interview, we were talking about that first six-month six period for leash pulling and until a dog is like really good at, I guess, not doing a bad behavior and they're old enough to kind of mature enough to do all of the, the things you'd like them to. Is that similar with fetch? Like when, when do you need to be teaching fetch to a dog? Uh, well, you know, the maturity level, you know, holding dogs accountable 
um, that would come later. So to kind of give you an example, if I've been working on fetch with, you know, a puppy for a while and they hit five, six months old and they're, they'll hold on to it, but they're just not coming to me. Yeah. If I've worked on come to a level where I know that they understand the command, I've worked on it hundreds of times in multiple situations. Um, yeah, I can hold them accountable for that. But for puppies, it's, it's different. You definitely want to start quickly. Play is such a great way to bond with puppies, but I've kind of noticed, and you know, I've been guilty of this too, but I've definitely noticed that we tend to just give the puppy toys in the playpen rather than actively play with the puppy, you know, and play is such a great way to bond with your dog because from day one, I'm, I'm adding structure. And so what I mean by that is, um, I like to start with something the puppy can tug rather than a ball that they don't want to let go of and they get used to doing this. So all my dogs love to play with a ball, but I always started with something I can grab onto and teach drop it. That way they don't get in that habit and there's nothing I can do about it. And if I do put my hands in there to work on work on drop it, I'm going to get puppy teeth, which already happens enough. <laughs> so it's all about the tug and I don't throw it very far. Like it's, it's just, um, hold on to the toy, drop it, good. And then I just kind of toss it on the floor next to them and they pick it up and they're excited. You know, you might have a puppy right away, pick it up and take off, (laughs) which happens a lot. They'll take off to their bed or their crate and be like, it's mine. So you got to put a leash on them and call them to you. Good, you know, good dog and use the leash guidance right away and, and build that dynamic. Because if they get into the habit, even let's say three days in a row, you work with your new puppy, and they just keep taking the ball or taking the toy and, and running from you to the corner. And then you have to go and get them. And then they're running again. Well, by day three, they think this is the best game ever. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then trying to get them to actually come to you and let the toy go so you can throw it again is, is actually pretty difficult to come by. And so right from the beginning, you just want to set yourself up to succeed. So I have the puppy drag around the leash either on harness or just have them on a slip leash. And I don't, I'm not throwing it. And, uh, I just work on grab a hold of the toy and let it go. And some puppies are so sensitive right from the beginning. As soon as you touch the toy, they just let go of it. Um, a lot of softer mouth dogs, a lot of hunting dogs have soft mouths. We'll do that. And you just say, drop it, just say, drop it. When they happen to let go of it, you apply the word to the action. It's a, it's a training word called capturing. So you're capturing the, the moment. You just say the word when they happen to let go. But then I'm, I'm not throwing it 30 feet. I'm throwing it beside them, you know, and getting them excited and then taking it again and playing some tug. So it's some fun give and take if they'll play tug. Then I'm throwing it five feet and then 10 feet. I'm building, I'm building that up. And then if they take off on me, I can just grab the leash. Come good. So that's the first step. The other step that I have found to be a game changer, especially because if anybody's listening to, to this, they're probably already chasing their puppy around the living room, <laughs> is um, to teach place, a go to your bed command. Because what is the puppy expecting? They're expecting that reach in, you know, to grab the toy. And they're like, no. Then they take off running, right? So if you teach place or go to your bed or go to your mat, whatever you want to do with food separately from place. Then you just sit down and you put the bed beside them, come place, and you point to place. Don't you reach for that toy, point to place, and then I'll kind of grab the leash so they can't take off, 
and then I'll grab the toy. Or if it's a really difficult case, I'll use food in front of their nose and that they'll get the smell and they'll drop the toy and take the food. And so there's a few different tactics you can do. I won't get too deep into for that, but having that structure of running away, not too far, but running a little bit away, come and then anchoring them to something you've already taught them takes so much pressure off of them because that's what this is. I mean, that's pressure and they're going to interpret it in a few ways. They're not going to like it. They're going to fight against it. They're going to turn it into a game. They're going to think you're going to take the toy. Like there's just a number of anxiety things that can happen from that. And they learn how to manipulate their environment. Targeting them to place is such a more passive matter of fact way to, to handle that scenario. And sorry, we don't just do that with puppies. We do that with older dogs too. So say I've got an older dog that they really want to know fetch and they'll go and get it, but they won't bring it back. Okay. So there's two things. Um, you work on come and place over and over and over again without the toy. You know, the dog is just in the yard, come place, break, come place. You're doing that a few hundred times for a week or two. Then you start to toss the ball a few feet. Dog picks up the, or sorry, tug toy, because we always start with the tug toy. And then good, come place. And so you just start to link those things together to get that recall. And if you have a dog that keeps dropping the toy way out in the yard, which is just, it's just so common. There's a few things you can do for that. That one tends to be one of the trickier ones that, that I've found. Always a leash. So you try to strategically reel them in as soon as they get the toy. Don't wait for them to drop it. And then you add leash guidance for come. That's one of them. The other one is really get into tug. Like some dogs just don't like tug. They don't like to grip toys. Try to teach your dog tug because it's just more communicative, you know, between the two of you. And it's a reason to bring the toy back and be like, yay, we're going to play tug. I'm going to come to you and we're going to play tug. That's another way. And then another way I've found is squeaker toys. Man, if you're using a normal toy and you're struggling with your dog at home, go get a squeaker toy. <laughs> and if you're, the reason why it works is because dogs are predators and squeakers sound like animals that aren't doing so hot. So, <laughs> so it tends to tap into that prey slash play drive, but it can really help create a link. As long as you're comfortable with that, it can really help create a link and build more drive to bring it back to you. So anyway, those are a few tips to help your dog um, learn how to do it. The only other one I can think of off the top of my head before I forget, before you got a question brewing in there is <laughs> to learn from other dogs. So when one of the hardest dogs I ever trained how to fetch happened to be one of my own that I got from a shelter is a six year old German shepherd. Clearly, I don't want to say clearly, you never know, but I don't like absolutes, but looked like he had never played with a toy before. So I'm like, I'm playing with it. I'm squeaking it. I'm jumping around. And he's just like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and so him watching my little dog happy play, it took three months. I'm not kidding because happy gets played with every day because she, she needs it. She's spoiled. So it took three months of him watching happy play. And then one day he just kind of went over to her and picked up the toy and she tried to get it and he turned away, but it wasn't guarding. Thank goodness. Cause I was, I was watching for that as a new dog out of a rescue. And, uh, he was uh, like excited about it. And I was like, yay. And then he just took it to his dog bed and laid down. It was another three months to teach him to go and get something and bring it back. And even then, if he got distracted, like if we were at the park, 
he would sometimes still leave it because he just didn't have the drive for it. But, uh, but that's what I mean when I say, you know, I don't think all dogs can necessarily learn how, um, because he's probably even an easier case. But I think that if I hadn't had happy to build that competition, to build that drive and watch another dog play and she's tense. So really see how play works. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I would have done. I might've just been like, yeah, whatever. He's a dog that doesn't play fetch, you know, because it was tough. It was really yeah. tough. And so some competition, as long as it's healthy and as long as it's not, um, you know, legit like resource guarding or anything like that can be really helpful. One of the most interesting things I'm, I'm hearing about what you're saying is like, I went into this, this discussion thinking, oh, fetch, it's like a playful thing to do with your dog. You know, I'd like to be able to teach my dog to fetch because it's, you know, you get that um, the relationship building aspect with your dog and it's fun. It's fun for the dog. They get the stimulation. What I'm hearing as you talk about it, it's almost like a disguised way of training the dog as well because you're building in calm, like all these great things that you want to be able to do with your dog. So playing fetch with them at a, at a young age is going to teach a lot of those things as well. Yeah, and it helps you create an on-off switch. So, you know, some dogs, again, this is, you know, I, I said this in the heel when we talked about heel too, like some dogs, this is not that big of a deal. However, a lot of dogs shouldn't have toys laying around and be coming up to you. Play with me now. Here's my toy. And then you throw it. That's what because- I thought about. That's what I thought about when you brought up the squeaker toy. I'm like, yeah, okay. They're cool. But then that if they can get access to those toys all the time, they can be quite annoying. <laughs> oh yeah. They, yes, they can. And you're like, you're, you're pacifying predatory behavior. So just keep that in mind. You want to keep that to a minimum. So you just don't want those things laying around. You know, I want to be in charge of it. I, I might have some chew toys around, you know, especially for, for puppies, but it's like our tug toys, you know, are the balls. I go and get them. I pull them out. I create the excitement in my dog. Therefore I can also shut the excitement down, you know? And it's also a way just to create this amazing on off switch, which is what everybody dreams up with their dog, which is play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drop it, sit down, walk out of the room. Dog stays in a down stay. Come back in, break. Yeah, tug, 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 throw it, fetch. Yes, fun, riled up, growling, little wrestling even, down. Good, walk out of the room. You know what I mean? So it, it can really help you practice these high levels of impulse control that everyone dreams up and play is such an ideal way to do it. But I just find that a lot of people accidentally let their dogs instigate the play. And so they're in charge of their own energy, not the human. So then they can't shut the excitement down when they need to, or two, they're only representing excitement when they're playing with their dog. So they're just excited. There's no drop it, sit, good you know, break or fetch it up. There's no structure to it at all. It's just like a free for all. And so then you're not, you're bonding. All right. Your bond is your dog is, is seeing you mostly as just excitement in those moments. And the more you do that, the more he's going to see you excitement just as a pillar of excitement when you come in through the door after work, you know, and all that bleeds over into the walk, trying to control a happy go lucky golden retriever on a walk. Well, if you mostly play with them all day and there's not accountability, there's not structure and they're jumping all over you when you come in the house, how are you going to tell them no for jumping on the neighbor? That doesn't make any sense to the dog, right? And so I love fetch. I love tug. It's a great way to build confidence or to control dogs that are too intense drive-wise. 
either way, you know, either side of it. I can build a dog's confidence with tug. I can let them win prance around and feel good about themselves. I can build their confidence or I can tell a dog that won't let go of a toy, cut it out, let go of the toy. It's my toy, not your toy. So I can use play in so many ways with whatever the dog needs based off of its temperament and its energy and whatever relationship I'm trying to build. So yeah, I love tug. Um, I love fetch, but no, it's, of course it's not simple. Nothing with me is short and simple and easy and clear. There's always all kinds of fun nuance to it in in my head anyway. Yeah. So if I was to summarize everything we discussed today, I mean, it sounds like you can use fetch while fetch sounds like a fun topic to play with your dog, keeping that all structured and using it as an opportunity to teach and train and potentially removing the, the toys away from you know, the dog, so you can control that as a reward. That that yeah. will also replace food in, in some respect as well. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I like being in control of all that stuff, you know? Mm. Now, if I might have a toy out, that's fine. And if they bring it to me, no, then they should go mind their own business. But they usually don't. They're like begging you to play with them. Like, no, that's you. This is not how this works. You know, <laughs> toys are up for most dogs, not all dogs, but it depends. On, again, it depends on how relaxed your dog is. But not none of my dogs. They would bug me endlessly to play with them if I left toys out. But anyway, okay, so really <laughs> quick story. So I learned this the hard way with my little dog, Happy. She was a puppy. And remember what I told you, like Happy came out of the womb playing fetch and shaking her head like she was killing small animals. And so, and she's a Maltese mix, people, just for, just for context, little tiny thing. And I was asleep one day on the couch and we, I was leaving toys out. She was teething. I fell asleep, you know, whatever, big deal. She brings one of those hard um, plastic teething things for puppies while I'm asleep. And she's so light. It doesn't even wake me up when she gets, she shakes it in my face <laughs> to play with her. And I was like, no more toys out from, you know, this day forward. And I could see her, you know, after that happened in hindsight, I could see her getting more and more demanding as a little puppy. She was getting so like entitled and demanding about play. And I'm like, no, no, no. We're cutting down how long we play, like five to 15 minute increments. That's it. You know, maybe once or twice a day, you know, for a puppy and toys are going up. So that way I become the leader. I become, I'm, I'm the provider of fun, you know? And so it just puts you in control of all these things to, um, not just be in charge, but to just be the giver of everything. And the, and the more you're giving fun, you know, affection, discipline, whatever order that needs to be in, it just puts you more in, um, in a situation. I don't want to just say like pack hierarchy, cause that's not always the case, but it puts you more in that leadership role where the dog looks to you for everything. Can't, you know, are we going to play fetch? You know, are we going to do food work? Are we going to go for a walk? Not we're going to go for a walk. We're going to play, play with me right now. You know, it puts them more in a submissive mindset. Basically. It's the same thing. Think about it with your kids. If you've got kids walking around, are they ordering you to go to McDonald's to get an ice cream every day? <laughs> no, absolutely not. But if you let them do that a few days in a row, you're going to pay for that. You're going to pay for them being like, let's go get ice cream right now. Okay. The next day, let's go get ice cream right now. Okay. You do that three days in a row. You're in so much trouble. It's kind of the same thing. You know? We've been looping through the drive-thru every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's so similar. That's why I said, it's not always about pack hierarchy. I don't even want to go into all that. Cause it's the same with kids. 
you know, you're the parent, you're not always the friend. Well, with the dog, you're the leader. You're not always a companion. You have to lead, you have to teach, you have to guide. So every opportunity that you have with that puppy or dog is an opportunity to lead and teach and guide them. And if you don't take that seriously, the vast majority of the time, you're going to pay for it. Great. Well, thanks so much for sharing all those tips about teaching a dog to fetch. It was a much more in-depth topic than I imagined. Um, no, not in a bad way, in a, in a great way because um, I didn't realize fetch was such a great tool to you know to help with dog training as well. So no, I appreciate all <laughs> yep. of those tips. Is there, is there any final words for this one no, before we want to go? Once, no, okay. I'm good. We're good to go. Thanks, Bethany. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on again. You're welcome.